Okay, so we're off to a great start here. Um, I recorded the entire first episode, um, and then the iPad died, so that's great. Um, But now I've got it on the charger, um, and we'll see how this goes. Uh, My name is Shane Black, and this is a new show that I'm trying out called Shane B-Sides. A little bit of a goofy name, but who cares? Uh, Shane Black, Shane B, Shane B-Sides. And we're going to do a few different things on this show. Gonna have some friends on. Gonna have my girlfriend Hannah on at some point. Uh, I'm gonna have everybody on. Um, we're gonna do a few different things. Uh, we're gonna do some deep dives on some artists and bands with their discographies. We're gonna go in chronological order, rank the albums at the end, talk about the band's history a little bit. Not looking to do anything super intellectual. I'm not trying to seem like I know every single thing about every band that I'm covering. I'm just talking about purely the music and how it makes me feel. Uh, But I'm also going to do a thing monthly um, where I talk about five notable albums that I'm into from that particular month. And at the end of the year, of course, I'm going to rank all of the albums um, that I really love, probably do like a top 20 top 30 we'll see how it goes i probably listened to i think 200 albums from 2021 now 207 or something the last time i checked um been a little busy lately so i haven't been able to listen to as much but i still think that's pretty impressive um but for this episode we're actually going to talk about august 2021 um that's right uh i know that it's almost october but i read out the notes for this already and I really wanted to do this episode, but I've been so busy with work and things going on at home and just, you know, I turned 25 in August and I'm becoming an old man and I'm very tired a lot, Um, but that's okay. Everything will be all right and I'm feeling pretty good tonight. I'm full of cinnamon rolls and I'm full of reds, peach, uh, apple ale. I don't know why I said apple ale, red peach ale. Um, and I'm ready to go, you know, um, you're getting the raw, uncut recording of all of this, uh, so August 2021, five notable albums, and one bonus, what's the bonus? You'll find out. So, the first one that I'm going to mention is an album that I think is absolutely incredible, and that is Glow On by Turnstile. I don't think that I had heard of this band before this, and I thought that I had had, but I guess I was confusing them with Turnover due to the names being so similar with the turns, turnstile, turnover, easy mistake. Um, I love this album cover, and I love the visuals of this, the aesthetics of it so much, just like the uh, Deaf Heaven record that's new that I'm going to mention a little bit later. Um, I saw that Anthony Fantano reviewed this, and... Sometimes I really like um, what he rates very highly, and sometimes I don't, and that's okay. He's a different person than I am, and we're not going to agree on everything, and I respect everything he has to say, regardless of whether I personally agree or not. Um, And I think when he posted this review, I was like, I didn't really think much of it. I was like, maybe I'll check that out at some point. Um, But I did love the album cover, and... I decided to check it out because I try to keep up to date with everything and 
As soon as I checked out this album, I immediately noticed a cool blend of styles between the dream pop and the hardcore punk style. And I really love this guy's vocals. There's something that's very empowering about them. Mystery is the first song. And this song rips and it greets you with some really slick production and a killer guitar solo that kind of reminds me of 90s bands like Smashing Pumpkins and Built to Spill, two of my favorites. Um, definitely one of my favorite songs of the year, hands down. Um, I just love that song, man. It, it might be my favorite song of the year. We'll see. I'll probably make a playlist of all of my favorites of the year and probably do an episode on that where I discuss each song, but uh, every instrument on this album sounds perfect and uh, gets their shine. There's some thick, meaty bass. I just said perfect. That's fucking... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, yeah, every instrument sounds perfect, gets their shine. There's thick, meaty bass, wild and unhinged drums, risk allure on the guitar. Don't Play and Wild World have these awesome drum parts that sound almost like tribal. Um, not sure if that's the right word. And uh, Holiday has this almost funky, like, post-punk bass that reminds me of, you know, like the late 70s post-punk bands. Um, and I really love the integration of the reverby guitar. It's so popular in indie music nowadays. And hearing that used in such a heavy sound, it's... It's so refreshing and you think that music has evolved as far as it possibly could, but it really hasn't and it's constantly evolving and there's going to be things in our lifetime that just shock us and we didn't think were even possible. And this is one of those moments for me. This is why this album is really special to me. Um, this is a really heavy, wild album. Um, probably a really good album to work out to. I haven't tested that out yet. I deliver uh, packages for a living, so I already get a lot of a workout, so I don't really go to the gym or anything. Um, it just seems like why work out on my days off and I'm already working out for my job. But if I went to the gym, I would listen to this album. It would get me really pumped. But there's some like uh, nice little breather moments on this album, like Alien Love Call is very mellow and it features Blood Orange perfectly. And Blood Orange is another one of my favorite artists. Um, it's just another example of this album blending styles so seamlessly. Um, the harmonies with the lead vocalist and Blood Orange is, is perfect here. They almost make me tear up and get emotional. Um, the way they sing can't be the only one. We've got some 2000s dance punk vibes on Dance Off. Um, Newhart's designs of verses remind me of something like early current joys or the Smiths with that jangly guitar. I love some jangly guitar. That's my favorite kind of guitar. Maybe, well, maybe not, but it's up there. Um, none of these explorations sound out of place at all. It's so catchy, the whole album. I feel like a lot of these songs will get stuck in your head. TLC and no surprise, even as short of they, as they are and I really like the callback to Thank You For Letting Me Be Myself by Sly and the Family Stone. And No Surprise is so fun. I showed the album to my girlfriend Hannah, who was also floored by the album. And she was saying that No Surprise almost sounds like it could go into some awesome rap song. Um, 
I, I just love this album and Lonely Desires closes it out. Um, that's another Blood Orange feature. It just sounds like they had a lot of fun making this one in the studio and it's got a perfect outro with the instruments fading in and out. Um, I know it's some people's least favorite song on the album, but I really love it. Um, my favorite tracks overall are Mystery, Blackout, Underwater Boy, Don't Play, Alien Love Call, New Heart Design, TLC, No Surprise, Lonely Desires, um, Underwater Boy is another one I didn't take notes on, but that's an awesome song and it's really grown on me lately and it, it's working its way up to my favorite, but I'm pretty biased towards Mystery, so we'll see. We'll see at the end of the year when I do a playlist of... I don't know how many songs I'll do, but we'll see when we get there. You know, as they say, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The next album that we're going to talk about is not technically an album. It's an EP, and it's called City Slicker by Ginger Root. I found out about this guy because of a Facebook group, and they mentioned that he had some 80s city pop vibes, which is right up my alley, you know. Uh, some of my favorite songs ever came from that genre. Love Talkin', Honey, It's You, Please Let Me Wonder, Telephone Number, Plastic Love. Plastic Love is probably the most popular of that genre. It became a huge meme on YouTube. Um, but it's a fantastic song. God, I love that song. Um, this guy is open for Karoombin, who is one of my favorite bands, actually. And apparently it's a soundtrack to a movie. Um not entirely sure what the movie's called, but um, it seems to function as its own release, too. It's got a perfect Saturday night with friends out on the town, seeing the lights vibe. And I just want to say Loretta, uh, the single off this album, the biggest single probably. Um, it has a sick music video where he plays all of the band members. It's such a catchy, funky song. It's got a killer hook, killer sax solo. I always love a good sax. I feel like this whole album expands on that 80s sound, but it adds a little bit more lo-fi aesthetic. Um, I feel like a lot of bands are doing that nowadays, but there's something about the way this guy does it that's, it just hits the spot. Um, Juban District is probably my favorite on the whole EP. It has my favorite chorus on the album. Feels so good to get down in the Juban District. It's just perfect pop bliss and it's got another sweet music video where he plays a taxi driver and he picks a guy up and they're they're dancing and like the neon lights i don't know it's just it's a cool music video it's such a vibe and it's got a really cool guitar solo entertainment has such a pretty synth line it reminds me of another band called video age a good bit i heard their music in a bar in durham north carolina at one time and i think i asked the bartender what it was um I feel like they blend the 80s and lo-fi thing very well too. Very good band. I just really like this pool of sounds. For the favorite tracks, I'd have to say all six. It's it's hard to pick one that I wouldn't I would cut from the album. Um, it's a it's a great EP. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it. I'm gonna consider it an album because this is my show, and I'm gonna do what I want. Uh, the next one that I'm going to talk about is Year of the Spider by Shannon and the Clams. This is probably a top 10 band, maybe top 15 band for me. 
I saw them live in 2018, and it was one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. They have a very nostalgic 60s, but also refreshing kind of style. And I feel like this album expands on the 60s raw kind of girl group style that they're known for. And it dips into a little bit more diverse production. It's got a little bit of folk, a little bit of R&B, maybe a little bit of country. It's hard to say. Um, Onion, their last album, was probably their cleanest, but it still sounded like their early stuff. And this one's just a new step to me. Something about it feels a little bit different, a little bit sonically varied. We have Dan Auerbach producing again. He produced Onion. All of my crying is something like they've never recorded before. It's very smooth and dancey. Reminds me of Duran Jones and The Indications, another favorite who I'll probably mention at some point. Um, Cody sings on this one. It's usually Shannon, but Cody really shines here. And I just think that he and Shannon have very unique voices. Midnight Wine is kind of the opposite vibe, but it's so fun. It's very dark and brooding. It's maybe their creepiest song. And I feel like it gives you a lot of insight into all of the darkness surrounding their lives in California. I believe there was a fire that affected some people they know. I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I looked it up, but I, I kind of forget, and I don't want to say the wrong thing or what I, you know. Um, there are also people dying of overdoses, I believe. It's just a really dark song, but it's so, like, it's so anthemic, and it sounds like nothing they've ever done before. Just like all of my crying, but in a different way. I Need You Bad is awesome, the way they harmonize together, Cody and Shannon. It's got maybe the most country vibe, I don't know. And I really love the fuzz guitar that kicks in for the chorus. Year of the Spider is the most, like, 60s girl group song on the album. Probably the catchiest, too. Every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head. Another song about the chaos of the last year or two. Um, maybe in a more universal way. Some of the lyrics seem pretty personal, but maybe in a way... I feel like this one is more personal in a way that can apply to everybody. Um, because everybody can agree that the last year or two has just been absolutely treacherous in whatever way you want to interpret it. Um, and that's what the song is about. It's the Year of the Spider. Mary Don't Go has a great beat and a great chorus. Flowers Will Return is absolutely beautiful. My favorite song on the album and probably my favorite vocal performance of Cody's ever. The harmonies with Shannon on the part leading up to the chorus and the chorus are so damn good. It's got an extremely early Beatles vibe, and it just sounds so euphoric. I can't even explain it. I know that, like, I have already mentioned that they have a 60s vibe, but I never really thought of the Beatles, like, early Beatles specifically, but the way they harmonize on this song, I don't know, it just does something to me, and maybe that's, maybe that's a lazy comparison, because... You know, everybody, I mean, everybody compares everything to the Beatles, but I, I can hear it. And uh, I don't know, it just reminds me of some montage of like a 60s cartoon. Like, I don't know, maybe like the OG Scooby-Doo or the characters are frolicking around. I don't know, it's just so, it feels so good to listen to. It, it's definitely one of my favorites of the year. Um, 
this is a great album. It's it's really high up there for me. We'll see where exactly it places when I do my top albums at the end of the year. But some of my favorite songs are All of My Crying, Midnight Wine, I Need You Bad, Year of the Spider, Godstone, Mary Don't Go, Flowers Will Return, Vanishing. Yeah, check it out, uh, especially if you like that kind of raw, like, 60s sound. Um, you would really like that. Um, moving on now to a whole different vibe. We're going to talk about Infinite Granite by Death Heaven. I had heard of Death Heaven for years and years before this, but I never really got around to listening to a full album until this one came out. And I understand that this is a pretty big change of direction for them. It's made a lot of people mad. It's pissed some people off, but... Um, I heard with the first single that was released, which I think was Great Mass of Color, that they were going in a shoegaze direction, and I'm a big fan of shoegaze, so I thought I would check it out. Um, I love those loud, blanketed, distorted guitars, but also, like, the softness of it all. Um, and I was immediately struck by the twinkling guitars and shell star. It sounds a lot like a style that I try to like emulate when I play electric guitar so I may be biased but I was in instantly hypnotized when this song kicked off the album and in blur has some kick-ass driving guitar cores and drums I really like this guy's vocals I've seen some people compare it to Morrissey but I can kind of see it but I also feel like it has its own thing a little bit great mass of color like I mentioned that was the first song I heard from it and what prompted me to check them out, or at least check this album out. I haven't d really dived into the rest of their albums, and I intend to on some point. Maybe that will be a deep dive. We'll see. Um, I just thought this sound was really interesting, and I, I knew that the early sound had a lot of heavier textures to it, but this seemed like the right time for me to come into the fold. Um, Lament for Wasps is another very pretty song, and I love how the guitars go into overdrive for the chorus. This is a really good headphones record. Um, sounds good in the car and stuff, but when you have those headphones on your ear, there's something about it that's super immersive. There's really not a whole lot I can say about this album, aside from the fact that it's just a good shoegaze album, if you're in the mood for that. Mombasa's ending takes a little detour back to like where the band's sound was known for it's got loud screechy vocals and searing metallic guitars and it doesn't feel out of place though it's a very fitting end for the album it's very cathartic um favorite tracks from this one i would say shell star and blur great mass of color lament for wasps the gnashing mombasa a really good shoegaze album if that's your thing the next one we're going to talk about is probably the biggest album of the month maybe the year and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This album is a bloated mess. Um, it's Donda by Kanye West. The uh, hype and rollout for this album is not like anything I've seen before. I really like how album promotions have evolved over the years. Like Tyler, the Creator's Call Me If You Get Lost, another album I really love. That one's very high up for me right now. Um, you know, that one had like mysterious billboards and that phone number you would call and it would play the song and people were trying to figure out what it meant that was just so cool um but Kanye I think was trying to do something a little similar 
um, with his rollout to do something interesting, not necessarily similar. Um, you know, he had his usual strange behavior. He had the huge listening parties, delayed the album a bunch of times. The listening parties had him floating in the air and setting himself on fire somehow. I feel like it set like an unbelievable standard for uh, album rollout, something we're not really going to see again. Um, I don't know how you can really like go further than that, but I'm always surprised, like I said, with the Turnstile album and how music is constantly evolving. I'm not going to go super into detail on every song because this album has almost 30 songs. It is so bloated and I love the highs on it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty bloated. Jail is a great opening track. It's got some loud, distorted, punchy electric guitars. One of the best hooks from the record. Guess who's going to jail tonight? Um, something about how Kanye orchestrates and produces his music just makes me really emotional. The song being evidence and Hurricane is another example. It's a really beautiful highlight. The weekend could sing literally anything and it would sound mesmerizing. And you had a choir behind him. It's just flawless. The don't let me down part is gorgeous. I'm surprised it took them this long to collab, honestly. And then we have Praise God, uh, which features Baby Keem, who's a rapper you'll hear me talk about on next episode, maybe next month's episode, maybe. We'll see. I really like his new album. Uh Spoiler alert. I've seen a lot of people criticize this song. I think people are really harsh on Baby Keem. I don't know why, but I think he adds a lot to it. Um, and I, I saw someone say that this album feels like Kanye takes a back seat a little bit and lets the features and the choir take more control. And I'm not sure if that's completely accurate or if it is, if that's a flaw, since he's still pulling all of this together and orchestrating it and it's still like his music. It's just really interesting. And uh, I don't know. But Believe What I Say is a fully Kanye song, though. And it's a feel good, writing with the windows down in the sunshine kind of song. It's got that Lauren Hill doo wop, that thing sample. He really knows how to use a sample right. I mean, you know, champ, champ, champion, champion um, off of graduation using the Kid Charlemagne sample by Steely Dan. It's just awesome. Like, he really knows what he's doing with those samples. Uh, Believe What I Say really perfectly segues into 24, which pleads, Dear God, make it all right. And I, I think that's a sentiment that all people can feel in the chaos of a world right now. It reminds me a lot of Jesus is King, which is controversially my favorite Kanye record. Maybe. Uh, don't shoot me. I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. Um, if they're listening to this, um, that hearing him shout, I know you're alive and God's not finished and we're going to be okay over and over on this song. It's so comforting. This could be my favorite on the album, but it's hard to say. Uh, Moon is another stellar and beautiful song. It's got some soft, but distorted electric guitar. Reminds me of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy a little bit. Um, calling back to that. It's another pleading track, begging for some comfort. It's got Kid Cudi and Don Tolliver taking over the vocals. It's very simple, but it's very effective. Like a lot of these songs, Come to Life seems to be most people's favorite on the whole album. And I understand it. After Kanye seems to uh, 
let other people take the lead on the album. He's up close and personal here. And he's asking us, ever wish you had another life? And exclaiming that he doesn't want to die alone. And saying that a change in your life may come tonight. The piano and the guitar that come halfway through just makes things even more emotional. And when I think about it, it might be my favorite, but it's so hard to say. I feel like I have a different favorite every time I listen to this album. And it's so long, but the highs are so good that I I can't not mention it, even if I don't love every single thing on it. Um, No Child Left Behind is basically the last song, if you don't count the part twos at the end. I don't know if I want to personally, um, especially since Kanye said that this wasn't finished and was released without his permission, but who knows what the actual truth is. It's hard to say. But this was the first teaser for the album. Um, This premiered in an advertisement featuring um, Shikari Richardson from the Olympics who uh, just had controversy because she failed a drug test for smoking weed apparently to cope with her mother dying recently and someone pointed out that Kanye well everybody knows that Kanye's mom died many years ago and someone pointed out that there seems to be a connection with him using her in the ad since her mother also died recently and it's just a very uplifting song Um, it's very simple it's very bare but it's very effective with that refrain he's done miracles on me Um, I love that song and it it got me really excited for the album and while I don't think the album is absolutely perfect I I think that the weight paid off and like I've said the highs on here are worth the admission price in my opinion Um, those highs being Jail God Breathed, Off the Grid Hurricane, Praise God Okay Okay, Believe What I Say 24, Moon Keep My Spirit Alive, Jesus Lord, Come to Life, No Child Left Behind, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not my favorite thing he's done, but it's, he really never disappoints, and um, he's a very controversial guy, and the rollout to the album, like I said, was just absolutely crazy. Um, Moving on now to the bonus um, surprise, it's the Beach Boys box set that just came out. Uh, the Feel Flows Sunflower slash Surfs Up Sessions. It's actually an archival release, um, and it's based on a period in the Beach Boys history, which I think is really overlooked. I think a lot of people write them off as this like preppy douchebag kind of surf band, and I, I love their hits, but. When I tell people that I, I, I love the Beach Boys, I, I feel like they're thinking of a different band than I do. Um, and I, I feel like that comes off as pretentious, but I'm really not trying to. I just feel like that they're one of the most un- misunderstood bands ever. Um, but this period was when Brian Wilson, who was primary the, primarily the leader throughout the 60s, kind of takes a back seat as the late 60s and early 70s come around. He lets... His brothers and Mike Love and he he lets the other members take control a little bit. Um, and it's nice to see what they come up with. And I know it's so typical to pit, pick Pet Sounds as like their crowning achievement. And it deserves it. It's a phenomenal album. So we will say it's the best album ever. It's not my personal favorite album ever. 
but it's up there. But if I had to pick one that wasn't Pet Sounds, I would maybe pick Sunflower. Um, Surf's Up has grown on me a good bit too. I didn't quite understand it the first time I heard it, even though I did like appreciate it. But it, it's it's grown on me for listening to it from listening to it for uh, this show. But getting into Sunflower, we have Slip On Through, which is the first song on the album, and it's a great opening song. It's actually the first song from this era to hook me in. Um, I actually think I listened to this song back in like 2014 or 2015 when a lot of people on the website Tumblr that I was friends with were always talking about the Beach Boys, and I, I was trying to understand and like listen to Pet Sounds, but also listen to some of their deeper cuts I didn't quite get into them until I think 2018 I had a pretty big phase with them and really started to understand them um but I did like this song and Brian's brother Dennis really destroys with his vocals on here I don't know how this song isn't more recognized as one of their best and more popular that's also the case with the next song this whole world it's probably my most played Beach Boys song due to due to it being so short and so sweet. Brian sings really beautifully here, and the backup vo- vocals are top notch. Maybe my favorite one to sing along to, even though I don't sing along to it very well. It just sounds like. It just sounds perfect. It, it, you just have to listen to it. The way that Brian orchestrated the harmonies on here is just. And I know you can say that about a lot of their songs, but this song is just wow. Um. Add Some Music to Your Day is absolutely Cornball Cheese from Mike Love, who is one of the kings of Cornball Cheese. But it's great Cornball Cheese, and you can't deny it. And I love to sing along to it in a goofy, like, nasally voice. Um, it's, it's a fun time. All I Want to Do is arguably the first, like, quote-unquote dream pop song. I'm sure that they weren't making the song, like, oh, we're going to start Dream Pop and one day there's going to be a band called Beach House and all these indie bands are going to try to do this sound. But I I think it was probably them trying something new and I think it did influence those kinds of bands down the road. And it's weird to know that it came out in 1970 um, with a little synthesizer on it. Another song, Cool Cool Water, is super animal collective style. I'm not sure if they were aware of that song or not. Maybe because they're pretty smart and they're pretty out there about music. But um, I have a feeling they were. And there's some really cool, innovative experimentation going on here. Honestly, it's it's so hard to describe. It's, it's a very strange, almost psychedelic song. You'd have to just listen to it. Um, before I leave the Sunflower album, I can't really forget to mention Forever, which is another Dennis song, and it's a really touching moment. It's very 70s, soft rock, love song, bliss, and I, I love that kind of corny, soft rock, yacht rock vibe from the 70s, and I know people will criticize me for it and shit all over it, but that's okay. I think this song is a really good example of that. Um, moving on to Surf's Up. Uh, This album, I think, focuses a lot more on the environment and societal issues that were plaguing the world at the time. Um, Don't Go Near the Water being an example. It's a little piano rocker about pollution and calls on everybody to take better care of the earth, which 
can't go wrong with that message. I mean, we do need to take better care of the earth. And I feel like that message just rings even truer today. Um, Long Promised Road is the first song that I loved from this album when I got super into them in 2018. I like the juxtaposition between the introspective and soft verses and how they go into the really loud motivational choruses. Hit hard at the battles that confronted me then. I don't, I can't remember the words right now um, because I'm stupid, but it's a great song. Um, Disney Girls has a really soft piano track. And it took me a long time to appreciate it, but I'm glad I've gotten into it. Bruce Johnston takes the vocals on here, and he's singing of simpler times from like a fantasy 50s-like world and longing for like a settled-down life with a wife and a kid amidst all the chaos. And it's such a pretty song, and you can tell the guys were maturing and becoming family men during this period. I really like the whistling at the end. The song Feel Flows has their most like introdu- instru- can't talk tonight. The song Feel Flows has their most interesting production on a song to this point, uh, in my opinion, aside from obviously Good Vibrations, which is a masterpiece um, from a production standpoint. Brian's older other brother Carl wrote this as uh, one of his first contributions to the band and. It's got two layers of piano, organ, flowery percussion, flute, saxophone, some wicked guitars, and a synthesizer in 1971, which I think is awesome. Um, It's probably their most psychedelic song from this period, aside from maybe Cool Cool Water and Surf's Up, which I'll mention a little bit later. Till I Die is a really haunting Brian song about feeling so small in the universe It's got comparisons to being a tiny cork in the ocean, a rock in a landslide, and nothing more than that. And it's about the impermanence of life and how we're here one day, the next, we're gone. Um, I don't want to get too deep in that song because I'm going to get kind of sad, but it's an awesome song and you should check it out. Um, The last song on the album is Surf's Up which is the most lyrically dense song the band has ever done. It was supposed to go on Brian's album Smile, which was famously shelved as his mental health declined. I can't really do this song justice by description, so I'm just going to read the Wikipedia. Nothing in the song relates to surfing. The title is a play on words referring to the group shedding their image. The lyrics describe a man at a concert hall who experiences a spiritual awakening and resigns himself to God and the joy of enlightenment, the latter envisioned as a children's song. Musically, the song was composed as a two-movement piece that modulates key several times and avoids conventional harmonic resolution. It's a super harsh song to explain, but it's definitely one of their top ten songs ever. It's just so majestic there's really beautiful piano really beautiful horns really beautiful vocals i can't do it justice by words so just check it out um and after this box set covers these two albums it kind of goes into some acapella tracks and some unreleased songs from this time period there's some really cool uh 
Dennis songs. He was really like cranking them out at this period. There's Lady Falling in Love, which I like a lot, and Wouldn't It Be Nice to Live Again. Um, I feel like he didn't really get enough credit or enough shine. I think he got a little bit. I think he gets more as time goes on. But when you hear those songs, you wonder why he wasn't doing more songs the whole time. Um, It's a really cool box set. Um, I saw it at my local record store, Hippo Records. And I'd like to pick it up at some point because I really like this period of the band. And I spent a lot of time on this specific box set probably the most out of all of these albums but only because it's just so long and there's so much to talk about with it um august was a good month for releases and i'm going to be doing a september episode soon because september is almost over and there's some albums that i'm already considering for it um I'm probably also going to mention the new Bob Dylan box set that came out as a bonus, the Springtime in New York one. I think it's volume 16 of his bootleg series. It covers uh, 1980 to 1985, which is Shot of Love. And I think Saved was 1980. Saved, Shot of Love, Infidels, Empire Burlesque, which I think are very overlooked albums. Um I don't think Save Sessions are actually on that album, so forgive me for that. But uh, still, Shot of Love, Infidels. I really love Infidels, and I'm starting to come around to Shot of Love lately. Um, some other albums I'm probably going to talk about. Uh, Casey Musgrave's new album I'm, I'm really enjoying, and Baby Keem's new album. But we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, probably going to record that episode in a few days. Thank you for listening. Um, Don't have a theme song or an outro song or anything yet, but you know what? We're going to keep it plain and simple. We're going to keep it raw. And I'm going to go to bed soon. So you have a good night or a good day or good morning or whatever if you're listening. Thank you.